0: This place is special. Get asked all the time, where's your favorite place to take college game day? And I say every time, Eugene, Oregon. Yeah. This is the best crowd. Honestly, it's six in the morning here. Yeah. It's covered. Yeah. It's raining. They don't care. No, no. These fans right here, pound for pound, are as good as any college football fans in the country. This program is staged to compete and to win championships.
1: Oregon. When this has become...
0: When we watch this film, does our effort beat theirs? Here's Bo Nix. Guns it! Touchdown, Oregon! Been making deposits. Time to cash a check. Sound at Austin, which is deafening for an-
1: man it feels great to be a duck welcome to the qb11 show presented by scoop duck with doug andrew and j-hop here are the guys with the latest scoop welcome back to the qb11 show presented by scoop duck as always i am doug scott and joined by qb11 himself andrew good day good night good evening how are you doing doug good day i think is universal right like, 24 yeah. hours yeah yeah i guess I so. so you just said it so dignified so i, was I, I know sure. it sounded a little hoity-toity or a little pretentious yeah, or something
0: i don't know if you have your like nose up in the air or what's going on here but i'm ready to yeah, pick some yeah I'm, I'm holding
1: a teacup one my pinkies out or something i think too
0: i got you all right now you drink tea. Uh, i'm
1: good man we're, we're like two weeks away
0: yeah well for not week really away, like four weeks one
1: week saturday we got games yeah. And so let's queue up like what we're going to be talking about in the network. We're, we're here. We're here to stay for two episodes a week. Um, so obviously we got this episode. We're going to talk about some AP poll stuff, preseason polls. We're going to talk about uh, over-unders for the rest of the country out in the power five, not including the PAC 12, which we did several episodes back already. And we're going to take some listener questions on our next episode on Thursday. We will have um, Kelly Ford on who does the Kelly Ford, uh, kind of rankings and rating systems, which is is a great follow on Twitter. If you don't follow him, I I definitely recommend it. He also puts out some really cool like single page printouts and graphs and stuff you can use to follow along with your favorite team or conference. So he'll be on on Thursday's show and we'll probably cover some week zero previews as well on that episode. And then obviously we get into the season right from there. We'll have some more prediction stuff, preseason prediction stuff next Monday. And then right from there, we roll into to week one preview. So we're here. It's here.
0: Yeah, it really is. Like I can actually feel it this week. I, I know I mentioned, I think, on the last time we recorded, but I went to a football game over the weekend. I just went to a preseason game. But just being in a football stadium again got the like juices flowing. So I'm pretty pumped now. And um, I don't know that I've ever been so excited to watch USC and Notre Dame play Navy and San Jose State. Uh, so the Saturday is going to be a good one.
1: Yeah, I'm just – I'm excited. To watch football and yeah I'll, I'll i'll watch anybody i don't care it's gonna be a 15 to nothing blowout or whatever and i don't care it's football. There's just gonna be
0: something about waking up on a saturday morning and just knowing the ball's on
1: tv exactly exactly well let's get right into it uh let's start with uh, i wouldn't say any poll really matters anymore um but the ap poll has is, is obviously got a lot of history behind it and it's been around a long time and people follow it and um out of out of polls, it's the only one worth talking about, and it's the only thing we have right now until the college football playoff comes out uh, midseason. So we can talk about the AP poll, and uh, let's start with the top five. Let's kind of go through this in quadrants, or Quinn, Quinn, what do you call it, Quinn, Quinn what you What's a set of five called? I don't know. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't know the answer. You're the well, sets the of
1: five. We're going to talk about it in sets of five. So <laughs> we'll start with the first five. I don't think there's any real surprises here qb but maybe as we go through each of the five each of the sets of five we'll talk about a, a team we think maybe is a little too high um or a little too low it doesn't mean they shouldn't be in the five that they're in but maybe they're too high in that five or too low in that five. First first five is probably going to be the hardest one uh, georgia obviously coming at number one 60 of 62 for or 60 out of 63 first place votes michigan comes in at number two ohio state three alabama four barely behind ohio state uh, LSU five, I think that's the right top five. Honestly, I, you know we can we can talk about the order, but I don't think there's anybody that deserves to be in this top five that isn't. I think that the I think, five.
0: Yeah. I think the five schools are right. I just think that LSU should be three. Like I, I don't. Without knowing who's going to be the starting quarterback for either of Ohio State or Alabama, I just don't see why they should. They deserve to be above LSU. Uh, I think LSU had a really not, a nice strong uh, strong. Wow, I can't even talk right now. Really strong transfer class again. Um, they started to recruit a lot better now that Brian Kelly's in. They had their first full class under him. And like the especially the Alabama quarterback situation is just doesn't look good to me. J- Jalen Milrow can't throw the football. Ty Simpson hasn't played. And Tyler Buckner was very, very average in Notre Dame. So I just there's nothing about Alabama's quarterback situation
1: that makes me think that they should be the favorite in the uh, SEC West. Yeah, and what's crazy is the gap. Between Alabama and LSU in the in the poll from four to five is actually pretty significant, much larger than the gap from two to four, for example. I think so, that
0: people are just kind of conditioned at this point, right? Yeah. Like it's Nick Saban. Like again, I'm not the person that wants to bet against Nick Saban, but if there is a year to do it, it's a year like this where the quarterback situation is so open the air.
1: Yeah, i i I, I can't disagree with that one. I, I think maybe Michigan at two. I'm not. I'm not sold. I'm not sold on Michigan being the second best team in the country. Um, you know, they've, they've lost two playoff games in a row, uh, or two, yeah, first round playoff games in a row. And I mean, they're definitely a top five team. I don't think they're number two, so I probably put them a little high.
0: See, I don't have any issue with Michigan because I think this is probably the best team that they've had in like at least 30 years. Um, and I think this team is better than the team that they had last year. And then again, you have Ohio state losing, so much and i'm not saying that ohio state doesn't still have a lot of talent but there's questions on the offensive line at tackle like what 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 is cj stroud's replacement going to look like at quarterback so i i don't know i have questions about them like not questions like we'll get to this later with our over-unders like i still think they're going to win 10 11 games um but i don't i'm not as certain about their roster as i am again about the top two in georgia and michigan and frankly like even lsu if lsu can stay, stay healthy Getting guys like Mason Smith back, Harold Perkins in year two, like they've got some crazy players on that team.
1: Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to watch play out. It does feel like outside of Georgia, you know, kind of a wide open, a bit of a wide open year more than more than most, and kind of jockeying for those two through through four, five, six, seven slots. So it'll be fun to watch that play out. Shall we move on to the next five?
0: And I'm not betting against Georgia, especially with the schedule that they have. But no. Again, quarterback turnover is the great equalizer this year. Outside of like Michigan, every t- Michigan and LSU, I should say, every team in the top five is a new starting quarterback. So um, I think that's what is going to make this year one of the more interesting years. I think there's probably going to be the most parity that we're going to see for a while.
1: I would agree. All right, number six USC, seven Penn State, number eight Florida State, number nine Clemson, and number ten Washington.
0: So I think that Washington doesn't belong in this grouping. I think Florida State's too low. I think that USC should be behind Florida State and Penn State, personally. That's my take. Um, USC needs to prove a lot defensively to me after last year. And as long as Alex Grinch is the defensive coordinator, I'm not going to be giving them the, the benefit of the doubt.
1: Yeah, I, I, might even, I would agree with moving them behind Penn State and Florida State. I'd probably move them even behind Clemson as well. But I think they've got a little bit to prove on offense, obviously, as well. I think that there's a clear
0: separation between like six through nine and 10 to me. Like, I think that all four of those teams are quite a bit better than Washington at 10. Um, And I think that specifically defensively, like Clemson, Florida State, and Penn State all have some crazy athletes. Penn State had eight guys on Bruce Feldman's freak list, which is like the top 100 freaks coming into the season. And he had to like filter guys out like he he was going to put more. Um, they're basically their entire front seven's on the free list. Uh, that team is going to be crazy. So that's actually like
1: spoiler alert. That's my pick to win the Big Ten this year. Well, we're getting to that later. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, that that triumvirate at the top of the Big Ten is going to just be. I've got a prediction about them all. I'll save for later as well. But I think that's going to be really crazy fun to watch that play out at the top of that top of that East division of the Big Ten for sure. Uh, I agree with you on Washington. I, I think. I think there are a couple spots too high, um, especially when you look at when we get to this next grouping. Now, um, Texas ever, ever Texas is back here, uh, repeat. They're at eleven, Tennessee at twelve, Notre Dame thirteen, Utah fourteen, and Oregon comes in at fifteen.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, and th- this is a grouping where I think there's quite a bit of disparity. Like I think Texas is the best team preseason in this group. I think Oregon's probably the second best team, and then I think there's a pretty big gap between. Texas and Oregon and then the Tennessee Notre Dame, Utah grouping. Um and then Washington, specifically United Utah slot
1: somewhere in there as well if you're bringing them down from 10.
0: Cuz with the uncertainty surrounding Cameron Rising like I don't I don't know how you can have Utah this high.
1: And they've lost like, some important pieces too and I think there's some unknowns about how well they're backfilling some of those. Obviously their wide receiver position is is pretty dismal as well for a team this high in the rankings.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a there's a couple teams in this next grouping that I would prefer over Utah up here, but we can get to that here in a moment. Uh,
1: so we both agreed Washington was too high at 10. Do you agree that they should slide in on the 11 through 15 group?
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah, I, I guess like I would just bump Texas and Oregon above Washington, and then I think that they would fit in really nicely with
1: Tennessee and Notre Dame. All right, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right, next grouping. Kansas State at 16, number 17 TCU returning or returning. Uh, you know, national runner-up last year, uh, 18 Oregon State Beavers, 19 Wisconsin, and 20 Oklahoma.
0: So, to me, I think that Kansas State is the best in this grouping, and I think that so them being at 16 makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I would probably put Oklahoma at 17, not TCU, but um, it's hard to really argue. Wisconsin is really tough to gauge because there's everything is new there. They took a lot of players in the transfer portal. I think if everything is like running at the peak of efficiency, Wisconsin is probably a top 20 team, but are they going to be that week one? I'm not really certain on that. So I I don't really have any gripes here. I think Oregon State's too high. Um, I think that I'd probably have them in the next grouping.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this feels right for Wisconsin, but I predict they end up higher than 19, especially when you look at their schedule. They don't play any of the big three from the Big Ten this year, so they they have a nice runway to move Well, they play Ohio state. State. They do. I missed that. One. Okay. Uh, well, they play one of the three then. So I do think their schedule overall sets up really nicely for them to have a strong season, and, and obviously in the AP poll. Uh, it's not a. It's not a power. It's not a power ranking. It is. There's often win loss. Obviously, plays a major factor in these rankings. So I think Wisconsin is a team that I could definitely see ending up in that top 15 range by the end of the year. You know, 15 to 18 range. I, I agree with you on Oregon State. They're getting a lot of love this year, and you know they obviously had a great year last year. I don't know that they're a top 20 team. I'd probably put them in the in the 20s as well.
0: Um, well, there's some
1: like there's some half teams on this
0: list and I don't have any issue especially as we get down to the low teens or the high teens I, I should say into the 20s. Um but like they're like a half of a half team. Like they're a half offense as well. I'm not I'm not sold that they can throw the ball with any type of consistency or explosiveness and so until we see that like I would I would struggle to put them above any of the teams in the top 25. Except possibly Iowa, because Iowa is also a half team.
1: <laughs> yeah, but the half they have is pretty pretty darn good.
0: Like defensively, Iowa is better than like the best thing on Iowa is better than the best thing on Oregon State.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. All right, let's get to those last five: uh, North Carolina at twenty-one, Ole Miss coming in at twenty-two, Texas A&M at twenty-three, Tulane at twenty-four, and Iowa rounding out the top twenty-five
0: so i'm not going to sit here and make the argument that texas is probably a top 15 team but if things go right they are and yeah. they're way more talented than every other team in this grouping and frankly they're every more they're way more talented than every team in the grouping above them as well um it's just a question of like how does this Jimmy, jimbo fisher um, bobby petrino thing work out and like quarterback play health culture there's just a lot of like question marks. I think those questions can be answered relatively early in the season, uh, but I think that this is fair generally. And then North Carolina, like the Drake May show, I, I don't have any issues with them being above the other teams just based on the fact that their quarterback is arguably one of the two best in the country.
1: Yeah, I'd probably move A&M ahead of Ole Miss and North Carolina. I'd probably drop Tulane out of the top 25 altogether. Um, which I guess would move well, in Texas well, Tech. Like
0: if if A and M played Oregon State Week One, like A and M is a two and a half to three touchdown favorite. Yeah, and we have Oregon State above them. I think I think A is probably a favorite against every team in the grouping above them. Again, I don't have my own power rating system, so I can't like tell you what the point spread would be. But just based on the matchups alone, like I just don't see how any of these teams above match up with A and M until you're probably in the top fifteen.
1: Yeah, it's really the flaw of and especially as we move into the power two era you know going forward in 2024 and beyond right it's really going to be the flaw of kind of the pollster mentality of counting wins and losses right and that's the way that rankings have been done for 100 years but you get into these conferences where you've got strength on strength you know the top you know 18 of the top 20 talented rosters in the country are going to be in two conferences and there's going to be more losses in the top of those conferences but it doesn't mean that a you know a nine and three SEC team is worse than a ten and two Big Twelve team. Oh, I or, think or quite ACC the team. Yeah, quite exactly. I we, but I think that's the mentality shift that pollsters are gonna need to have at some point.
0: Yeah, and I don't know that we're gonna get that right because a lot of these guys are extremely casual. I mean John Wilner's a voter. Or sorry, Wilbur. <laughs> are we going there again? Yeah, we're going there again. <laughs> also like I think it's worth talking about Oklahoma at twenty Obviously they had a pretty dismal season last year. Year one, there was a lot of turnover, a lot of issues there. Like they recruited really well. Again, like they hit the portal hard again. I just I think this is a team with a lot of upside. Like I would not be surprised if we see a Texas OU one two in the Big Twelve in their last year, just based on the talent alone. Um obviously Kansas State and TCU have really strong programs and are well coached, but I think that both of those programs, the the two perennial powers down there are way better positioned this year than they were a year ago to like run that conference.
1: Yeah. At, right before they leave. <laughs>
0: yeah, totally exactly. Agree. In the same way that like, I wouldn't be surprised if the four teams that are going to the big 10 finished top four in the pac 12.
1: Um, no, I wouldn't either. Wouldn't either, especially given UCLA's schedule. Um, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. And, and Utah's schedule on, on the other flip side of that. Right. So no, I really yeah. would make total sense. All right. You want to move on to some over-unders? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's take a quick break and then we will come back with that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSC. All right, QB, we're back to talk about some national over unders. We've got, we covered the Pac 12 in, in entirety a few weeks ago. We're going to run through ACC, Big Ten, SEC, Big Twelve, and, and Notre Dame. We're not going to cover every team and every conference. I, I kind of We kind of stuck to the top half or so uh, of each of those just just to keep it a little bit briefer and, and not uh, not have to go through 60, 60 teams. So let's start with ACC. Uh, we got Clemson at 9.5. you like the over or the under on this one? I'm
0: going to go over. I think that this is kind of a two-team league this year. Um, they do have Notre Dame on the schedule. I think that's the only reason this is 9.5 and, and not 10.5. Uh, but with that in mind, like the, the three preseason-ranked teams, not that this really means all that much, uh, North Carolina, Notre Dame, and Florida State. I think that they'll probably beat North Carolina pretty easily. Notre Dame, I don't see them having too many issues with, especially after the way they lost last year on the road. This is going to be a home game in Death Valley, um, really ruckus crowd. And then at South Carolina, again losing at home to South Carolina last year, I don't see that being repeated. They they went out and hired Garrett Riley um, to be their offensive coordinator paired him with Cade Clubnick, a really talented young quarterback. I just I think this Clemson offense is going to step up and be the complementary unit that we've seen from like the late 2010s where they were going to playoffs every year challenging for national titles, winning semifinal games. Um, in which case I really think the only team on the schedule that pushes them in a straight up matchup is is Florida State.
1: Yeah, I've got the over as well on Clemson. I've got them winning at least ten. I actually kind of have them pegged at eleven regular season. Um, no, no, sorry, I had them pegged at ten regular season wins. So I got them going ten and two. I think, I think they, you know, obviously they've got that South Carolina game on the road. Opening at Duke on the road doesn't sound tricky, but could be, um, you know, game one situation. They go to Miami. They go to NC State, right? And they, obviously, they got Notre Dame on the schedule as well at home. So I find the Florida State game. So I, I find two losses there. I, I don't know exactly which two. I just think they're going to find a second loss.
0: But can South can South Carolina actually block Clemson though? Like that's the question. Because even last year, like they didn't. <laughs> and I think that Clemson is going to be like way less incompetent offensively this year. Wow, double negatives for you guys. They're going <laughs> to so they're um... going to be more competent. They're going to be far more competent offensively, and I just don't think South Carolina – I think South Carolina is on the right track. I think they're recruiting at a really high level, but the team that they're actually putting on the field this year, like they lost a lot of really key talented guys to the portal. It's not even just Jordan Birch to Oregon, but they lost several players to Florida State, among other schools. So um, I think this is going to be a tougher year for Beamer at South Carolina, and I think that Clemson is going to be humming along pretty good
1: yep okay we both got the over on clemson uh florida state also nine and a half on this easy one, over. I'll take my turn yeah i got the over on florida state as well
0: i don't um, think we need to spend a bunch of time on this this is a two-game schedule to me
1: yeah they go they do go to clemson and then they have the the florida what you, what's your second game? oh lsu in the season yeah
0: yeah yeah i don't i don't think that like Miami is going to be a problem. Florida not going to be a problem. I, I don't think Florida's going to be a very good football team this year. No, um, this is so. a, yeah,
1: this is a, this is an 11 and one schedule. I figure they split those two games, but yeah, yeah. even if they lose both, they are still 10 and two and they still hit the over. So
0: all of my over enders are assuming quarterback health, right? So as long as Jordan Travis is on two feet playing, I think that they're going to win a lot of games this year. Yeah.
1: Um, they I, just I think
0: that's a good, they point. were a really good football team last year. They were a 10, win, 10, win club. And then they went out and just absolutely like, dominated the transfer portal. Keon Again, Coleman, yeah. they've been yeah, great like, in the portal. Like, Central Cypress, like they really, really did well in the portal. And even if, um, Darnell Jackson doesn't get the waiver from the NCAA, the defensive tackle from Miami, like this is just a way more talented football team. And they did a really good job. Like last year was the best recruiting class of the Norvell tenure. And then they partnered it with, I, I would argue the, the best portal class in the country. Um, and a lot of returning players already. So, um, Florida State's going to be
1: a really, really good football team this year. All right, let's move on to North Carolina. Their over-under is 8.5. They do play at Clemson. They do not play Florida State this year. They do open uh, at home against South Carolina. Overall, I think they have a pretty manageable schedule. Um, Miami at home. They do go to North Carolina at the at the last game of the season. I'm sorry, NC State at the last game of the season, uh, which can be a little tricky. And they go to Pitt earlier in the year. What do you like? uh, Eight and a half on North Carolina.
0: I'm gonna go under on this one. Um, I see enough like (laughs) tricky games against teams that not necessarily are like elite top twenty-five football teams, but teams that are definitely capable of beating a one-dimensional UNC. Like UNC is like they live and die by Drake May. Um, defensively they weren't very good last year I don't think that they're particularly well coached on that side of the ball I wasn't a big Phil Longo fan unfortunately for my Badgers um, he's there now instead of UNC so maybe maybe that's an upgrade and the offense can improve but the talent there's a lot of talent on this roster I just I'm not I don't really buy into what they have going on there and I think that like, games like South Carolina games like Miami games like Duke North, Clemson North North Carolina State even at Pitt uh, Minnesota at home I could see this team very easily going like seven and five and six and six and making a coaching change after this year. Like you have a departing Drake may, and then the roster gets just like completely imploded. So I, I'm gotcha. not, I'm not high on this program and I'm going to take the under.
1: I've got the over, I think barely I got them at nine and three is their maximum. I am with you. I, I could easily say eight and four. This was a tough one for me because I could see eight and four. Um, but I, I kind of going with the, uh, with the over a little bit, I think they lose the Clemson game. And I think there's no other like game on their schedule. I say is a definite loss, but if you look at like South Carolina, NC state, like you said, the Pitt game, the Minnesota game, I, I think they find two more losses out of that group of four, but that still gets them barely to the over and, uh, primarily on the strength of Drake may obviously. So I'll go nine and three, but don't feel confident about this one at all.
0: Yeah. I think like, I think that's a line that's set really well. And it's not something that I would be like in a hurry to bet.
1: No, no. Um, all right. Louisville, seven and a half Louisville, 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 Louisville. Louisville.
0: (laughs) Go ahead. You can go first on this one.
1: All right. Um, I've got the, I've got the over on them as well. I actually think Louisville is going to be a a pretty good football team this year. They do have to play Notre Dame. It's at home. They go to Miami to Pitt, uh, to NC state open this year at georgia tech but overall i think their schedule is really manageable because they don't play florida state or clemson which i think yeah, you know, a- that's an off, that's an extra you know two wins potentially right there or two possible wins compared to two almost certain losses so i really like the way their schedule sets up and that's why i have them and seven and a half, seven and a half seems like an easy over to me
0: so this is one of the like transfer portal overhauls that people aren't talking about enough they took 25 players in the portal and and, like, if when you look through, you you notice some of these names, and there's some interesting players. Like, for Duck fans, somebody that you'd probably recognize um, transferring in from Miami is uh, – oh, my gosh, where did he just go? Um, not Miami. Sorry, from Jackson State, the receiver that we missed on. I don't know if we missed on him as much as let him get away, but uh, Kevin Coleman from a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, players like Jack Plummer from, from Cal transferring at quarterback. Obviously he had played for Jeff Brom at Purdue in 2021. Um, and then played at Cal last year and now he's back with, with Brom. I just think that the way that this sets up for them, they, they, they took a nice transfer class and they play a super easy schedule. The only ranked team preseason on this schedule is Notre Dame and they play him at home on October 7th. Um, I don't know that they're going to beat Notre Dame, but even if they don't beat Notre Dame, does it really matter with the rest of the schedule? Again, tough game possibly at Miami. I would probably favor Louisville in that game just based on like quarterback and offense and coaching. Um and there there's some there's always some good players on the defensive side of the ball at Louisville. They recruit South Florida really well. I think this is a program that is like definitely one to watch this year, not in any way like they're not going to push for the playoff or anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if they finished third in the ACC just based on the fact that they missed the two big boys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I assume you're on the over there as well. Yeah, I am sorry if I didn't make that clear. Yeah. All right. Pit Pitt is also now they're at six and a half. We got a slew of uh, ACC teams now at six and a half. Right, let's start with we maybe rapid fire these a little bit. We're, we're quite as in depth. So Pitt, what do you got over half over or under on six and a half?
0: Uh, Oh gosh, Uh, I'm gonna go over again. They they play Louisville. They don't play Clemson or Florida State, or they play Florida State, but no Clemson. I apologize. Yeah, um, I think that that at Duke game at the end of the year is kind of sneaky. Like Duke is actually they've got a stud at quarterback.
1: Uh, We got them coming. And
0: Pat Narduzzi is not my favorite head coach in college football like i think if it were up to him they'd win every game seven to six and i just think that that philosophy is going to lose you close games and so playing some pretty high powered offenses whether it's north carolina louisville um notre dame florida state uh, duke we'll see what syracuse looks like in a rebound year i just think that they're going to drop some games that they shouldn't and i don't have a lot of confidence in them to win the games that i that like are considered layups
1: so you got them at the under
0: Yep, I got under on pit.
1: I went over, but again, it's one I do. I feel if they're over, it's it's seven and five. I got them at seven and five, but yeah, I could see six and six very easily. I, it, it, a little bit re really looking at their schedule, I'm almost kind of uh, second guessing myself here. I mean that Cincinnati West Virginia, you know, Big Twelve double up there in week two and week three. Um, you know that could be a little tricky for out of conference games, right? That's a little bit more than you probably want in and out of conference schedule, especially for if you're a middle of the conference kind of team like Pitt is. So I, I got them seven tab, and five, but where's that West, West Virginia, Virginia game?
0: That West Virginia game's in West Virginia, right? Yes. And I, I saw something today that that game sold out, like the single game tickets for that sold out immediately today.
1: Oh, that game's that's, that's, that's like the huge rivalry game out of conference rivalry. game. Yeah. Pitt. And I think like the way that
0: they won last year, I don't know. I, I could see West Virginia pulling that one out.
1: I think so too. All right. NC state also six and a half. The Wolfpack.
0: Did we skip Miami?
1: We did skip Miami. Somehow. We'll, we'll come back to them. Let's do NC State first, then we'll go back to Miami.
0: Oh, boy. Okay, hold on. i got to reorganize myself. You go first.
1: Um, I've got NC State on the under at, at six and a half. Um, honestly, I'll say it's a team I don't know all that well. They do have to play Notre Dame this year. They also play Louisville. They go at Duke, which I think is tricky. Uh, they host Clemson, host Miami, and then they go to wake to Virginia tech and then North Carolina end the year. So I feel like the addition of that, they don't play Florida state, which is good, but I, I do think the addition of that Notre Dame game, I think tips it over the top against them. And I, I see six losses here. So I got them at six and six and the under.
0: So I think uh, I'm betting on Armstrong, not being in that horrible Virginia offense as like a winning thing. And so I'm going to go over here. I actually think that this is kind of a scary game for Notre Dame week two. Um, what I'm actually noticing with this is that Notre Dame has a lot of like kind of toss up games to me. Uh, but either way, like I think that you at UConn VMI at Virginia Marshall. Um, and then I think between Wake Forest, Virginia tech like I, to me, that's like six straight wins or like six, like guaranteed wins. I think those are teams that they're just like legitimately way better than and NC state's got a really good strength program. They're a team that's always got a, quite a few NFL prospects. I would take them to win at least one of North Carolina, Miami, um, Duke, Louisville, Notre uh, Notre Dame. Like, if they win Notre Dame, to me, this isn't over. So I'm going to take yeah. it over.
1: Okay. All right. Wake six and a half.
0: Wait, we're going to skip Miami again. I, okay, fine. We'll talk
1: about Miami at seven and a half.
0: This is one that I'm actually going to go over. I I think that Mario has flipped that roster for the most part, and I think that like a lot of the bad culture stuff that was there last year will be sniffed out as long as Tyler Van Dyke can stay healthy. I think that that offense that they're bringing in um, with the new offensive coordinator will be, will be better. So I'm actually going to take the over. I think they're going to go eight and four.
1: I was really close on this one because I see four losses. Uh You know, they, they got eight A&M Clemson, Florida state, and then either one of the road games that NC state or North Carolina gets them to four losses. And I think the Louisville game, uh, second to the last is going to be the one that decides whether they go over or under. They do have that game at home, which I think helps them. But I picked them to go under. All right, Mario hater. Uh, hey, now Doug I'm Sarah? not. A, no, no, I think I think eight and four is very much in play, and it wouldn't shock me at all. Now we'll go to Wake at six and a half.
0: Yeah, I'm going under. I think that this Wake team is going to stink. Um, I think I'm I'm kind of chalking them up as a free win on most of the schedule here. Um, the only teams that I really see them like competing with would be old dominion, Elon. Yeah. I mean, they're going Genia to be, Musk,
1: right? I mean, Musk can't play.
0: Yeah. I don't, Elon Musk is as a football program. Like what the hell is going on here?
1: I don't, I don't know who, who the hell Elon is, but they but, can't play football. And, and it's not that I
0: don't have respect for Clawson. It's just that losing Sam Hartman, but they also lost a lot of other guys off that team last year. I think that the expectation there is that they're going to have kind of a down year. Um, and they play a lot of the higher end teams in the conference. I know Notre Dame's not in the conference, but they're on the conference schedule, so playing Clemson, yeah, play Clemson Florida State, State, and Notre, and Notre, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Yeah. and also and they just go like, to
1: Duke. When in, the, that, in the middle of that stretch, yeah, they're they're bad. They're gonna they're definitely under. I'm I'm all with you on this 100. percent They're way under. Yeah. In fact, I'm gonna predict Vanderbilt beats them in week two. I, I was just gonna go there. Like I think that Vandy's a better football team. All right, Duke, last one in the ACC. Duke also at six and a half. I'd go over on this. I love Duke's
0: quarterback. If Duke's quarterback's healthy, I think they win seven games.
1: I also went over on this. They do have Clemson, Notre Dame, no, uh, and Florida State. So I think those are three losses. They go to Louisville, which is going to be tough. But I think the rest of the games on their schedule are, are. At North Carolina is probably the one that decides whether they're over or under. Well, so, um, so to I me, like them. they,
0: they start three and one. Um, I don't think they beat Notre Dame, right? So now they're three
1: and two. Yeah.
0: The back half of that schedule: Wake Forest, North Carolina, Virginia, and Pittsburgh. I think those are all winnable games.
1: Yep. So and they probably got to win two of them to get to seven.
0: And, and NC State and Louisville, I think they can split those games as well, right? So like you're you're in a situation. I think where where Duke can get the over. I have a lot of respect for Mike Elko. I think that's a well
1: coached program. Yep, I'm with you on the over. Let's go to Notre Dame now. Uh, they're eight and a half. Is over/under, which is kind of seemingly low for a Notre Dame team to be only eight and a half, but they do. I'm have, slamming um, the under here, Doug. <laughs> You're slamming the under. All right, let's talk about it. I've got them under as well, but I, I have them at eight and four, so I'm not slamming it.
0: So there's a lot of assumptions that because Marcus Freeman's a defensive coordinator as their head coach, their defense is good. It hasn't really been that good. In fact, it's regressed since he's gotten there. Like when when Mike Elko left, this defense got worse, um, and as much as Sam Hartman's an upgrade over whatever the heck they had at quarterback in the past, I don't know who he's thrown the ball to. Um, I'm assuming this receiver room is better than it was a year ago, but last year in Notre Dame's receiver room kind of like rivaled some of those horrible Oregon rooms of like the 2017, 2018s. Um, and so I, I just don't know who the playmakers are, and I don't think this defense is going to live up. And then you look at the offenses that they play, right? Like they play Ohio State, they play USC, they play Clemson. Yep. To me, that's three losses three, immediately. And then they and have some like, pretty one, tough. Man? Yeah, and then there's some tough toss-up games. I don't.
1: Yeah, at um... NC
0: State, at Louisville. Yeah, and they lost at home to Stanford last year. And now they got to go to a crazy ruckus environment in Palo Alto and play play Stanford to finish
1: off the season. At the last game of the year, yeah, um, yeah, I got the under on them as well. All right, let's move over to our newfound uh, conference, the Big Ten.
0: This is Let's start. One. I think this is these are the easiest ones, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, Ohio State ten and a half over. Really? I got him at the over. I got him losing one. I got him losing one. I have uh, actually. Here's State. my theory. Here's my theory. I think Michigan's going to beat Ohio State. Ohio State's going to beat Penn State, and Penn State's going to beat Michigan. I'm and just then, flat out. I don't out know already. what kind of crazy tiebreakers are going to determine who goes to the conference title game.
0: I'm I'm going under because there's also a game at Camp Randall on October 28th, Halloween weekend in Madison. Ooh, spicy! It's very spicy, and and they play Penn State the week before, so it's kind of like a letdown, look ahead situation, or or I guess like you. a yeah. So
1: I gotcha. Okay, that's it. unders fair. Okay, uh, Michigan also a ten and a half.
0: I just think between Penn State, Wisconsin, and Michigan, they lose three two games.
1: That makes sense for Ohio State. You're talking about.
0: Yep, and then Michigan. I have over. I, I think that they're. It good.
1: Uh, Twelve so. and zero,
0: eleven and one.
1: I've got this schedule is well. just a
0: layup. Like this is the easiest.
1: Yeah, similar like, to like, last year, they have, they have a pretty easy schedule.
0: I mean, you never know, right? Michigan State has beaten them with bad teams before, but I just don't see that happening this year.
1: No, I don't think so either. I got them at eleven and one. I got them beating Ohio State at home, but losing at Penn State. And those yeah, games and like, are. Those games are all late in the year so the Michigan Penn State game is is week 11, Ohio State Michigan's obviously week uh, 13 and then Ohio State Penn State is week 8. So much like the Pac-12 the the meat is backloaded.
0: I think the the Big 10 is the most top
1: heavy conference in college By football far. this year. Yeah. I mean you could argue the ACC maybe with Clemson and Florida State and everybody else but but Big Ten's just as bad if not more so. All right, all right. Let's Penn State my, nine and a half.
0: My Big Ten champ, Penn State Nittany Lions. You're taking the over then? Oh, I, I already. I have real money on the over. This is a bet that I made when the lines came out a couple months ago. Like I, I like, like real, I real business. money, real, real money, like real, actual, real money. like actual monopoly money, like lots of money. Yeah. So I think this starts a Drew Aller. Like as good as Sean Clifford was at times, Drew Aller is going to be a better player in my opinion. I think he's like unbelievably talented, crazy arm talent. This defense is ridiculous. They have so much talent in the front seven. Um, I know that they struggled to hold up against the run on the interior last year at times. Hopefully that's improved, but the like the pass rush and the athletic talent on this defense, this is probably the most athletic linebacker room in the country. Um, I, I love this Penn State defense, and I think that they're playmakers on offense. This is one of the first times in a long time that Penn State actually has a legitimately good offensive line. Um, and... The receiver room is kind of the only question to me, but they brought Cephas in from Kent State, who absolutely torched Washington and Oklahoma a year ago, um, and they've got some other young guys. And so I think that Penn State is going to be there. might I'm picking them to win the conference. Uh, I think Michigan is the better team. I think Michigan will get them in the regular season. Um, so we'll see.
1: I also have them at 11 to one, and nine and a half feels like like easy money almost.
0: Like Penn state's at a place right now where they've separated themselves from the pack and the rest of the conference. And so to me, this is a two game season. It's Ohio state and Michigan.
1: Yep. I would totally agree with that. And I I have them splitting them. So that puts them at the easy over. Okay. Let's go to Wisconsin, Uh, eight and five, eight and a half for Wisconsin, which is the most of any uh, big 10 West team.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is really just comes down to if you believe in what they're going to be doing offensively. I'm not a big Philongo guy although I do think this is a better offensive line than they've had the last couple of years. Braylon Allen's an absolute freak at running back. They've done a good job turning over the receiver room in the transfer portal. Um, But is Mordecai going to turn the ball over 15 to 16 times this year? I have no clue. Um, I'm going to take the over just because I, I don't know who in the West is going to beat them. Um, But Ohio state is pretty much a sure loss to me. If they win that game, this is an easy over. Uh, But, Watch out for the Minnesota game, Week 13.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. They only play one of the big three. and I chalked that up as a loss as well. So they still can lose lose two other games and still hit the over. And, you know, I'm just like, you know, they're not going to I, – I feel like they're going to go into Pullman and get the revenge game there in, in a game that they should have won pretty handily the year last year. Uh, I mean, maybe at Illinois could be a test. Um, but other than that, it was – just don't see, like you said, the Minnesota game maybe at the end of the year. But I like them. I, I mean, I like them to win at least two out of those three. So I'm going to take the over as well. All right, let's go move on, on to the Iowa. University of Nepotism.
0: <laughs> Who's that? Oh yeah, Iowa. Our buddies, uh, Iowa. Yeah, we got the Brian and Kirk Ferent show. Yeah,
1: we have two um, over unders on this. Will they? What's their their win loss over under? And will uh, will Brian hit his uh, over under point total to keep his keep job? his job? I'm going to go ahead like seven and a half. Right.
0: This is my take. They're going to come out and they're going to like run up the score in those early games to try to get themselves the like points per game cushion. They need to make it through big 10 play when they ultimately go into a shell and don't have the talent on the outside to be explosive. So, um, what's the over under on this
1: seven and a half.
0: (sighs) I'm going to go over. I think this is an eight and four team. Um, but Cade McNamara has to stay in one piece. And I don't know if this is the Iowa offensive line I want to bet on,
1: but we're gonna give it a shot. I also have them at eight and four, so barely hitting the over. Uh, I think they lose to Penn State. I think they lose to Wisconsin, and then you know, between between Nebraska, Nebraska Minnesota, and Michigan State. Iowa State and Minnesota, I think they find two more losses. So
0: Yeah. I'm I'm a little concerned like if there's like an injury offensively, I don't know. I don't even know who the playmaker's gonna be for this team. <laughs> this could be a tough one. <laughs> they, defensively, they're going to be really good, though. They're going to drag, like they're yeah. like they're like that swamp creature that drags you into the muck and you can't see anything, and you're just like thrashing to fight for freedom. They just have no, like it doesn't matter what your plan is when you play Iowa. They're going to drag you into a hideous rock fight, um, and they're going to win those games quite often. So I'm I'm going to stick with the over.
1: All right, Maryland seven and a half.
0: I'm going over because I think that they're very clearly the fourth best team in the East, um, and I think that they can hit this even while losing to the top three teams um, in that division.
1: I've got the under on them. I think they'll find uh, they're they're at they're at seven and a half. I think they're going to lose the three, the big three, and they only need to lose two more. And I think they find two more losses on the schedule. <laughs> you know, whether it's at Michigan State or Nebraska, at Nebraska. Yeah, I think they'll find two more losses in there. Illinois at home.
0: Not not the Maryland fans calling themselves the Tali band for Talia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a little uh, – Yeah, that's not that's great. That's a bold move, Cotton. That's not great. <laughs> Let's see how it works for him. All right, Minnesota, six and a half on Minnesota. I, I like just out of
0: pure spite for one of our listeners, I want to slam the under on this so bad. I pick the under, under. Doug.
1: I've got them going six and six. I got them on the under
0: this year. Yeah, I, to me, this comes down to that North Carolina game. So instead of waiting the whole season, I'd rather just bet on the North Carolina game and see how it goes. Um, they're just, yeah, no, I have to go under. Because with Illinois getting better, I don't know that, that Minnesota is good enough to just show up and beat Michigan State at home. Um, at Purdue, to me, is a question mark. Yeah, I have to go
1: under on this. Minnesota under six and a half. Yeah, I mean they got they got Michigan and and Penn State. So there's two losses. Like you said, the at North Carolina, like Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State. Yeah, there's there's Purdue at Purdue. Yeah, uh, Nebraska to open the year could be a loss too. I, I think there's an easy six losses here. Illinois, yeah. Illinois also six and six and a half.
0: I'm going over. I think that this team is getting disrespected. They I have I arguably the
1: best defense. Well,
0: Outside of Penn State, I think probably the best defensive line in the conference, which is saying something, because there's actually some really good lit lines in this league. Um, Brett Bielema is a good coach. Brett Bielema doesn't win six games in a season when, with like year three or four talent. So uh, I'm definitely going over on this. And I think that their um, their quarterback situation with Altmire is going to be better than it was with DeVito a year ago.
1: They also do not play Michigan or Ohio State. So that, that that's also helps. beneficial. Yeah, yeah, that's a little helpful. Like, so I've got the over.
0: To me, I think that Illinois is a top two team in the West.
1: I would agree with that. I think it's I think it's Wisconsin and Illinois. Yeah. Okay, let's move over to the SEC. It just matters more. Let's start with Georgia, who has granted they're the best team in the country, but their schedule is. Can we just start good.
0: barking at each other.
1: <laughs> you, you can bark i'll, I'll just listen but george is 11 and a half and i'm taking the over on 11 and
0: yeah they're, now they're cruising <laughs> they're cruising Dude, i don't even think that their fans need to show up until like early november this schedule is a joke it really is
1: bad it really is um
0: i don't i don't know how good carson beck is really going to be but from what i've seen of him i feel confident enough that this roster is just going to out talent everybody on the schedule um, their crossover games are Ole Miss and Auburn. Um and they own Auburn and Auburn's in year one of a rebuild. Although that like that's probably the toughest environment they play in until they play at Tennessee in November. So um yeah, to me, this play, is like
1: they only play four road games at Auburn, at Vanderbilt, at Tennessee, and at Georgia Tech.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's more likely that Georgia beats everybody on the schedule by two touchdowns plus than they lose a the game.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is this is an easy over for me, which is crazy to say at eleven and a half. But yeah, I'm, the this, uh, the schedule is just ridiculous. Like that that roster, yeah, they're, is really, absurd. they're really literally freaking good.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that, that roster nice. is absurd, and this schedule is like the easiest possible SEC schedule you could draw.
1: Uh, Alabama, ten and a half.
0: This one's tough. I have to go under. I think they lose week two to Texas. And then to me, like between LSU, Tennessee and AM, I think they drop one more.
1: I've got them at the over because I have them winning that Texas game, but I do see them losing a game. So I got them at 11 and one.
0: I, I, if Jalen, but I wouldn't, if I wouldn't bet on Milroe is the quarterback. Yeah. If Milro's is the quarterback, this team could be like an eight win team. I, Man, I think that he's would be hard to see. Just, I think he's horrible. So I, I don't think they'll go that direction. I think that both Simpson and Buckner give them a better chance to win than Milroe
1: Gotcha. All right. LSU nine and a half over. I've got the over as well. I Obviously... see two
0: losable games on the schedule. Well, three losable games, but I think two that they, I think they'll only lose two of those three.
1: I mean, I could easily see them going 11 one, to be honest, uh, which is why that Florida could...
0: state game is going to be a,
1: doozy week one i can't yeah. wait that's two weeks away holy crap i know that's that is that is just much appointment viewing you know we cue that game up do not yeah do not pass that's going to be
0: one of those like eight nine million viewer games like that's i think that to me that's very easily the game of week one
1: well and the crazy thing about that game too is whoever loses is probably out of the playoffs oh i just well i think if you lose that game you're going to run the table and if you're it's hard to do for either one of those teams if you're LSU,
0: I think you're out. If you're Florida State, you're still in the hunt, just because I think they can they have a more manageable schedule going forward. Uh, but LSU, yeah, it's got to beat
1: Clemson twice, and that's that's a tall order. Yeah,
0: I, I I really believe in this Florida State team, so we'll see. But I I don't I would let's just say let's just say
1: whoever loses that week one game is now you, know, you got to run twelve in a row, and that's a that's a tall order for any team. So not named Georgia anyway.
0: Yeah, no, I get it. I, I agree, it reduces your margin for error, but again, like. I think both of those teams are capable of running the table after that game.
1: It's going to be a great one. All right, we got over on them. Uh, Tennessee at 9.5. I'm taking the under on this one. I think they're a 9-win team.
0: Yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised that they're ranked as high as they were a year ago. Between Georgia and Bama, they're definitely losing to Bama this year. Not after last year, rushing the field, smoking yeah. cigars. That like, game, there's no way. That That game is like has like a red X circle, like everything around it for, for the tide. So um, I don't see them being Georgia. So it's really like, are they, gonna, are they good enough to just beat everybody else? Their non-com is soft I, at Florida to me is a pretty easy game for them this year. It really comes down to Joe Milton. If Joe Milton is like really good, I think they do. They would be able to do it, but I don't really believe in Joe Milton. So I think that the Texas A M and and Kentucky games are enough for them to find that. Or South loss. Carolina. Yeah, or South Carolina.
1: That's my thing. One out of those three, and then they're under. So yep, yeah. All right, now we kind of drop down a bit. Uh, That's kind of the, you know, the four distinguished teams, most distinguished teams of the SEC, and we drop down two whole spots to seven and a half, where we have Ole Miss under. Yep, I'm under as well. I got them on seven and five. They took like eighteen transfer quarterbacks.
0: I don't know that any of them are any good.
1: Yeah, they and they have to go to Georgia in the cross cross division matchup. They go at Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl, at Auburn. which isn't going to be super easy at Bama, right? It's just there's there's like yeah. there's like you four is almost four losses is almost automatic, and then you just got to find one more somewhere. And and I actually think Mississippi State is going to be a
0: pretty good football team. Like I'm surprised that they didn't make this list of teams for us to go over under on. We can like that's another one that I have actual money on the over. They are also at um, six and a half. So yeah, I think I think too. they're going to be a good football team. Um, but to me, like Georgia, A and M, Auburn, Arkansas, LSU, Bama, like those are all losable games. Even if you beat Mississippi State, so
1: yeah.
0: I, I have to go under on this.
1: Okay. Uh, so what's Mississippi State at six and a half? We're both saying over on that one, then. Yep. For all the reasons you just mentioned, they um, they do play. They do not play Georgia, um, and they do not play Tennessee, so that helps. Yeah, they got. The they have division. a manageable
0: crossover schedule, and again, I think that what they do offensively, like, it's kind of interesting. They went from one extreme to another, right? Like they went from that the Leech air raid, which is the rest in peace, Mike Leach, but like the like true disciple air raid. This is what we do. This is all we do. We don't believe in coverage. We're going to chuck the rock all over the place. To like they are going to run the absolute heck out of the football this year. But the thing about Mississippi state, that I think a lot of people are missing is their defense is going to be legitimately
1: really good. Yeah.
0: Um, so I, I
1: got them. I mean, they're, they're over under six and a half and I, I got them at eight and four.
0: Yeah. I think that's a very manageable place. Like I, again, I know they're not a team that I expect to beat the top teams in the West, but Mississippi state, like if I'm a like that's a team I'm worried about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's talk about A&M. They're seven and a half. I've got the over. I got them at eight and four this year.
0: Yeah, I think they get to eight and four. I think that the Bobby Petrino thing will actually work. I think he's stubborn enough to actually push back if Jimbo tries to cause problems with the offense. Uh, and I think that Connor Wigman's a pretty good player. Um, and so I'll be really interested to see what he looks like uh, week two against Miami. Uh, but if they do what I think they should do to Miami, I think the runway is there for an eight-win season.
1: Yeah, I've got them with Alabama at LSU. And then uh yeah, then I think that Miami game, if they could win that, I think eight becomes very manageable. If they even if they lose it, I think they can find their way to eight. Um but yeah, I, I like them at the over as well. Uh, one more SEC team. I'm gonna skip past a slew of six six point five teams that don't interest me and go to Florida, whose over under is only five and a half. Under. You're taking the under on five and a half. Wow.
0: Yeah, I am. I don't I That's don't think they'd be game. I've been like going back and forth on this. Even if Cam Rising's not playing, I'm still taking Utah. Like, this game is at elevation against a Utah team that lost to them week one last year. There's no Anthony Richardson to save this team. Like, Graham Mertz is your quarterback, Murta Mertz, and he is like aggressively average, probably a little (laughs) bit below average. And offensively, I don't know, like, what's the strength this year? Like, they have a really good running back room, but they graduated. One of the best offensive lines, probably top five offensive line in the country last year. I I think that Florida is a program that's a year away. I think that the recruiting that they're doing right now, the quarterback that they have coming in, they're going to be able to start to build again. But I think this is going to be a really rough season for them. Um, I think that the recruiting class is going to be the only thing that keeps that coaches that keeps Billy Napier's job. So,
1: yeah, I've got them at six six and six, so taking the over. But yeah, not one I feel. Feel great about by any stretch of the imagination, and I think it obviously could come down to that Utah game. All right, let's move over to the Big Twelve, uh, fun conference. Last year of Texas and Oklahoma, uh, they've already added four of their eight new teams. It's crazy to think there's eight new teams joining the Big Twelve in the next two seasons. So the four uh, four G five teams came in this year are coming in this year, and then obviously the four Pac twelve teams will join in twenty twenty four. But Kind of the last hurrah of the Texas, Oklahoma era Big Twelve, and we'll start with Texas. They are at nine and a half and I'm slamming the over on this
0: one. Oh yeah. This is a to me, this is a twelve and football team. Like I think so everyone is like kind of like boy who cried wolf on Texas because every year there's these idiot national media pundits who slam the table and say, Texas is back. Like not like really y'all like Texas is back. Like Texas is gonna be nasty. Offensively, I think Quinn Ewers is going to take a big step forward, and he has like an infinite amount of receivers to throw to. An awesome offensive line, they finally have a deep and talented backfield. One of the best, Jatavian Sanders, in my opinion, is one of the best tight ends in all of college football, and their defense is loaded. Um, And so, I think, I I think this is a complete team. To me, this is a playoff caliber team easily, um, and I think that they absolutely dismantle the teams that they usually struggle with in the Big Twelve this year.
1: I have Texas just rolling, running away with the big 12 uh, this year as well. I think, I think they're 11 and one, if they lose to Alabama and 12, and zero if they win, um, cause I don't, I don't, I think they're going to run the table in the big 12. I do.
0: I'm a little nervous being this bullish on a Steve Sarkeesian coach team, but he's <laughs> a fantastic offensive coach. And I think quite now, like they're going into Got year three. In, yeah. I think that they've built this the right way. Um, and I think that they have exceptional talent on the defensive side of the ball. So Again, I just I have a hard time seeing teams out executing Sark on offense with a Pete Witkowski defense that is gonna make you play twenty plays if you want to score a touchdown.
1: Yeah, it's a good match. It's a good match for that offense. It really
0: is. Like I think that like complimentary wise, like I it's pretty tough to, to top that duo.
1: Oklahoma is also at nine and a half. Yeah, this
0: one's a little bit more difficult for me because I'm not as confident that they're gonna win. All of the like easy games, like this is a team that I can see dropping a game. We saw them drop a lot SMU of games last on year. The road. Yeah, so not seeing K State on the schedule gives me some confidence. Um, I'm going to take the over because of that, but I, I could I could see this team finding
1: a way to lose another game that it shouldn't. I've got the under. I've got them at nine and three. Um, what's up? Just puts them just under. I think they're going to find they're going to lose a Texas game. And I think I can find two more losses on the schedule between SMU at Iowa State, which is sometimes tricky, you know, at West Virginia, at TCU. Well, they put uh, Iowa State at home.
0: They put Iowa State at home pretty early in the year. Like, that's not a game. Like, Iowa State's going to be. I've got it on the road in my
1: schedule, but maybe. Oh, no, you're right. I was looking at it backwards. The Big 12 uses the wrong color coding in their grid compared to all the other conferences. So that screwed me up.
0: The games that are on the road are games that I think are very manageable for this Oklahoma team, like BYU and Kansas, Cincinnati. Like again, people are going to look at that name based off of like a couple years ago when they made the playoff. Yeah, not this Cincinnati roster and team could not be any more different. Not only are they coached by a different group, but all of that NFL talent is gone. Like there might be a few leftovers, but it's not anywhere near what it was. So um, the losable games on the schedule to me are Texas and TCU. With like kind of an asterisk next to Oklahoma State because it's a road game and and Gundy's a really good coach, but even with that, I think that they I think they're going to find a way to hit the over.
1: All right, we'll disagree on that one. That makes it fun. Uh, now your beloved K State Wildcats, eight and a half. Yeah, to me, this is like kind of this
0: is tough. Um, without Deuce Vaughn, like what does this team look like offensively? I have to go under here. Um, I, I think that well. that game at Missouri early in the season is a tricky one. And if they lose that, I think it's a pretty much a guaranteed under the teams that they play at home are not teams that give me a lot of confidence. Like the fact that they have to go on the road to Oklahoma State, to Tech, to Texas and to Kansas um, gives me a little bit of pause. Right. Like I'd like to see some of these tougher games be at home, like more toss games. Uh, but we'll see. I I, I have to take the under on this one just based off of lost production and not having a kind
1: of confidence in their passing game. I'm also taking the under. I probably got them at eight and four. What's crazy is I feel like I have at least four Big 12 teams who are all going to be eight and four, and we're going to talk about the other three next. Um, And and so it it just feels like uh, what we're going to see, I think, from the Big 12, you know, going forward is that, you know, there's going to be a lot of like, Above-average teams, uh, even good teams, going forward, but but maybe not any elite teams. And I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of nine and three, ten and two teams over the next five years. Uh, and this year, I think we're going to see uh, Texas and then a bunch of eight and four, nine and three teams. So uh, TCU's at seven and a half. I've got them going eight and four, taking the over on that one.
0: Yeah, I'm taking the over on this too. I I think that. They're a well-coached club. I I know that they lost Garrett Riley to Clemson, but I still think that they're going to be pretty potent offensively. Um, Chandler Morris was actually supposed to be the starter last year, right? And then um, after the injury during the Colorado game, he lost the job, and um, wow, his name is escaping me all of a sudden, but was a Heisman finalist. Um, Duggan, Max Duggan. Yeah, Max Duggan, although I don't really think he's all that great either, but that's for another day. I think this is a pretty talented team. I think they did a good job in the portal, and I think – of these teams at the bottom, or not at the bottom, but like at the that are the teams that are probably middle. gonna constitute the top of the new Big 12, I think TCU is the
1: best recruiter,
0: so I'm gonna go with them. Eight and four. Eight and four.
1: Um, I also have Texas Tech at eight and four. They're over under is seven and a half, so that obviously puts me in the over slightly.
0: Yeah, I mean the cool thing for them is they don't play Oklahoma, but they have Oregon and Texas, which is to me is two automatic L's. Um, and Kansas State and TCU are kind of toss-up games to me. I kind of throw a Baylor into that toss-up, yeah, as well. So with those in mind, I think that they'll win two of them
1: and hit the eight and four. And then speaking of Baylor, they are the last seven and five or seven and a half um, here. I'm also taking them. I think they're a little bounce back year this year. I, I have them going eight and four as well and hitting the over.
0: I don't. I'm actually sincerely concerned about the talent on this team. I'm taking the under. I think their quarterback situation is good, but I don't know that anything else is. Um, And I think that their offensive coordinator is a good play caller, but I also think he's a little bit overrated. And without a dominant offensive line and run game, I don't know what they have to, like, call a staple. Uh, Matt Rule had recruited a ton of extraordinarily explosive and fast guys to this program before he left. Those guys are not on the roster anymore, and so
1: I don't know who the the big-time playmakers are going to be. Fair enough. Um, but we'll find out a little bit more about them when they host Utah in Week Two. Whether whether Cameron Rising is playing or not, it will, we should still learn a lot about Baylor and, and Utah in that game. Uh, QB, let's take another quick break, and then we'll come back and give our kind of uh, conference title game participant picks and our playoff picks, and then we'll uh, wrap it up. Sounds good. All right, and we're back, QB. Let's talk conference championship games. So kind of the last year of of what we've all been referring to as the Power Five as we move into what I'll call and many have called the Power Two era after this year. So let's talk through the Power Five and and who we think is going to be in those title games for each of those conferences and uh, and who's going to win them. And then we'll talk about our playoff participants. So Let's start in the ACC, and this is no longer a division division matchup. It, it like the Big Twelve and the Pac twelve. It has moved to a top two, which I think makes it pretty obvious. I'll start. Uh, I'm picking FSU, for State, and Clemson to be the top two in that game. Who do you got?
0: I am as well, but I would be a little bit weary of Louisville. Like if Louisville like really puts it together and has a good season in the in kind of a UCLA ish way, they could backdoor in just based on the fact that they don't play either of clemson and florida state so um again i don't think that they're going to have quite that good of a season so
1: i'm, I'm going to stick with the clemson fsu matchup in the acc title game. yeah and i will i will use i won't go quite in depth on this but i will use this as another opportunity to say i think there is going to be a conference that in not too distant future is going to regret the top two format given one of these backdoor situations that's going to happen could be this year in the scenario you describe, right if fsu and clemson are what seemingly clearly the best two teams in the conference, but, but a team that doesn't play either one of them kind of backdoors their way. That's going to, that's going to cause a lot of talk around the country. And maybe some of these conferences are going to rethink the top two approach, but we'll see. Well, the Pac-12 uh, can't
0: you- cause it won't be around. So um, <laughs> to me, to me, those two teams are Louisville and UCLA, just based on like who they yeah. don't play. So
1: yeah. Um, who do you got winning this game? I've got Clemson. I got Florida State winning the first game, and then I got Clemson getting a revenge in the in the uh, title game.
0: I got Florida State. I actually think they're just flat out better. I think they win both games.
1: Fair enough. Let's move over to the SEC. Who do you have as your West champion? I think I know. I'm going LSU. Yeah. I got Alabama. Okay. I assume we're taking both taking Georgia out of the East.
0: Yeah, that one was really tough to call, but the uh, <laughs> team that's very easily going to go 12-0 and is probably going to come out of the East. Um, and they're also going to win the conference. So I'm yep. taking, I'm taking,
1: uh, Georgia to win the sec again at 13 and 0. I am as well. Obviously we'll put them in the playoffs. We'll get to that in a second. Let's go over to the big 10. Uh, last year they're using the division winner format. So big 10 West.
0: Yeah. So big 10 West is Wisconsin for me again. I'd not, I could see Illinois, um, I just I think that Wisconsin's gonna have the best offense of these teams, and I think they're still going to be very competent defensively um in a league where there's not not yet at least uh, in the West there's not a ton of explosiveness in the passing game, so I think it's coming though in the not so near future, whether it be from Nebraska with Matt Rule or some of these other schools. so
1: yeah, just in time for there not to be divisions anymore. I also yep. have Wisconsin winning winning the west I, again, I would agree with you, Illinois is probably the other pick there but i i just like a little bit more what wisconsin has going on i think they're going to come there uh i've got ohio state coming out of the east i think you've got penn state right
0: yeah i do which is kind of a contradiction in a way because i was talking about michigan having their best team in like 30 years earlier but i just think that the matchups in this are going to favor are going to favor penn state i think i think if drew aller is, i'm really just hedging my bets on drew aller if he's the player that i think he is i think penn state can be the team that like breaks this Michigan-Ohio State run in the East. Um, going all the way back to 2015, I think, is the last time that a non-Michigan-Ohio State won that division. Uh, little fun fact, since they've played a championship game, no teams from the West have won it. So whoever's coming out of the East is winning, so I'm taking Penn
1: State. Yeah, I got I got Ohio State beating Wisconsin uh, in the title game there. Let's move to the Big 12. Um, I've got Texas and Oklahoma. Texas for sure. I hedged a little on who I. Had. It was really hard for me to come up with my second uh, participant. I, I was kind of flirting around with with Texas Tech, K State, but I kind of settled on Oklahoma. I think it might be a tiebreaker situation, but I think they're gonna they're gonna slide into that second spot.
0: Yeah, I think there's gonna be a lot of competitive games between kind of that group of schools we talked about when we were doing our over unders. Whether it's TCU, Baylor, Texas Tech, Kansas State. Um, but I think that ultimately Oklahoma and Texas are going to find themselves in that title game, and I think that Texas is going to take it.
1: Yeah, I also have Texas winning that, um, which segues us back to the Pac-12. Um, you want to go first or you want me to go first?
0: Yeah, um, I'm going to take Oregon and USC, um, although UCLA is a little scary to me, but I, I, I ultimately think that Oregon and USC are going to do what they need to do to lock themselves in.
1: Yeah, I have them both at 8-1. and one. Uh, which is v- basically what we were on, what the Pac-12 was on track for last year. USC was eight and one, Oregon was seven and one. Um, obviously, fell apart in the fashion we don't we all know in the in the last fourth quarter of the last game to fall to seven and two and into a tiebreak scenario. But I think this year uh, that doesn't happen. Both teams end up eight and one. I think UCLA and some others, uh, Washington, you know, probably end up in that seven and two spot, and then Oregon and USC. Um, give us the game that I think everybody was looking to see last year, and I think this year we get it. And I have Oregon. I think it's a
0: better game this year too. Like I think that these teams are yeah. both better than they were a year ago. Who do you have winning I've got Oregon. Um, I, yeah. I not to be a homer. I know this is an Oregon podcast, but uh, I think that what what Dan Lanning and the staff have done defensively is going to be quite the breath yeah. of fresh yeah. air after what we saw last year. Um, and so I think that this is going to be a team that, that can really take that next step.
1: No, I totally agree. I've, I've got Oregon winning. I think I have Oregon beating USC twice this year. I think I think they win the game at home in November, and then I think in the rematch in Vegas, they win again. So I, similar in the way Utah beat USC twice last year, I think this year Oregon does, does the same. Um, I, think I think there's going to be... be...
0: Think... Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, John. No,
1: no, I think they're both going to be really good games, and I think the difference will be Will be the defense that uh, the defensive improvements that I think Oregon ends up putting on the field this year.
0: I think there's going to be a considerable physicality gap between Oregon and USC. Like, I think in a lot of the way that I talked about Georgia being able to turn things up and play at a level of physicality that nobody can match, I think Oregon's going to be able to do that in this conference. Um, Not again, not to a Georgia level, but like relative to their peers, I think they're going to be able to hit a level of physicality that teams like USC just aren't really going to want to play with. Um, So. That's why I have a lot of confidence in this team coming into this year. And this is where All things right. get funky because I think someone worthy is going to get left out of the playoff for the first time.
1: Well, let's get to that. Um, kind of pick them one through four. I actually have, um, I have Georgia coming in one, one seed. Yep. I think that's pretty easy. And then second seed, I have my big 10 champ Ohio state. I think they have one loss um during the season but they they make it through the the big 10 championship game and get the second seed
0: right whoever gets that as long as they're a one loss big 10 champ so i think i think penn state will be that so
1: i also have them as the two. two seed i have Oregon as my number three seed uh i have them going 12 and one i i think their loss is either at washington or at utah and they they win the rest of their games uh beat usc as i said before in the conference title game and then Um, get the three seed, and and we kind of get a traditional Rose Bowl matchup. And In my bracket, it's Oregon versus OSU in the Rose Bowl for semifinal.
0: I have Oregon here at three as well. Um, And then this is where things get real funky.
1: Yeah, I actually have the ACC champ with two losses, so I've got Texas sliding in here in the four spot.
0: So to me, what will determine if this is Texas or, in my opinion, Florida State is if Florida State beats LSU and has one loss,
1: mm. or like so like yeah.
0: so they have the out of conference game with LSU. Yep. And Texas has the out of conference game with Alabama. If whoever wins that out of conference game, I think is gonna have a pretty definitive advantage over the other for the four seed. So I like I think Texas has a higher likelihood of winning, and I think that a win at Bama is more impressive than a neutral site win against LSU. And I also think it's more likely that Florida State drops the second game than Texas. So I'm going to take Texas in the four seats. So for me, one through four, I've got Georgia, Penn State, Oregon, and Texas, and I have which Georgia. I think would be one of the more intriguing
1: playoff lineups that we Yeah, playoff. I've got Georgia – Ohio State, Oregon, Texas, so very similar, and I and you look at those matchups. You got okay, let's talk about it. You got Georgia number one versus Texas number four in both of our brackets. I think that's just going to be a phenomenal game to watch.
0: Yeah, and we we could see a situation because I could see Texas going undefeated, and if they do, they'll be the two seed, and then you bump everybody down one. Right. In which case, you get the Georgia Oregon matchup again, which I don't know that I really want to see all that bad. Uh, but- yeah. I think it would be a more competitive game at the end of this season than it was at the beginning of last. Yeah, definitely. It's not gonna be like forty nine to three. No, I'm but they predicting could still, gonna, they, gonna they could still beat us by multiple scores. So yeah. um I would rather that be in a national title game. Um and you never know.
1: All right. So you have I have Georgia winning, uh beating Texas in what I think will be a really good game, but I have Georgia pulling it out.
0: Yeah, I mean in, in that bracket, I think. That's tough. Like it just really depends. Like, what if Quinn Ewers actually turns into
1: like what he was touted coming out of high school?
0: Well, and then um, you got the I, little, I would, yeah. At and you that got the point, little bit of uncertainty
1: would... with George's quarterback situation. Like, we you don't know yeah. how good they're going to be. Yeah. Like,
0: I have more confidence in Ewers than I do in, um, uh, uh wow, his name. Is they named I him. I don't know his name. <laughs> I don't remember. I I literally referenced him an hour ago in this podcast, but whatever. Again, I I, I think that like. Texas is going to have the weapons on the outside to push this Georgia team um, in a way that Oregon couldn't with seven McGee and Chris Hudson. Um, so I don't know. I think that would be a really good game in the same way. I, I would I would think that Georgia wins, um, but I don't know. I, I'll pick Georgia by default. Um, and then, again, Oregon-Penn State would be a freaking phenomenal game so I, I would be tough. I, again, I just think Georgia wins another national title. I think they three-peat.
1: Yeah, I've got Georgia three-peating as well. I've got Oregon losing to Ohio State, Ohio State-Georgia rematch in the final, and Georgia winning again. I I just have to see – I don't know. I just think Georgia's going to be
0: the Georgia's just the freaking juggernaut right now, yeah, yeah. until and someone until does it. Otherwise. Although, again, like quarterback changes, things like that, who knows how the injuries play out throughout the year. I think a team like Texas would be a team that's uniquely equipped to give them a chance, give them a, a tough game in the same way that Ohio State did last year with Marvin yeah, yeah. Harrison Jr., Mekhi Buka, and CJ Stroud. So, um, also like tackle talent is really important against Georgia and Kelvin Banks might be the best tackle in the country.
1: All right, QB, I know we were going to take some listener questions, but we've run a little long here. I think we probably need to wrap yeah, it up. Yeah, we've huh? run
0: very long. I think we bump those to our Wednesday show and then we just call it a day for now.
1: It sounds good. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll catch you in a few more days.